Hi, today I'm speaking with Richard Turner of Ombar. Hello, Richard. Hi, okay. How's it going? I'm wonderful. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. For four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you know, I'm a big fan. I think everyone is a big fan of Ombar. Um, I kind of known you for what? Probably like 12 years now. Do you want to go back into time and tell us <laughs> your history with raw chocolate and how it all got started for you? Well, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember before we started the company, uh, Mood Foods, and before we started, I started making chocolate. Um, I think I was doing some research. I was getting pretty interested in raw chocolate, doing some experiments of my own at that time in my kitchen. And I wanted to know who else was doing this and what they were up to. So I remember taking a trip down Brighton Way um, and visiting in one day several people, yourself included. That's uh, that's when you had a shop in yeah. Brighton. And I remember popping in and you were in there and we had a little chat and uh, I bought some things, I think, and uh, that was very nice. I don't remember that. We have to tell people about that because we sold chocolate by weight. So we made big, I think, like 750 gram slabs of raw chocolate. That's right. And then people could come in and some people would buy like 10 grams because they were on a budget. And then other people would like travel all the way to buy like 20 pounds worth of different flavors of raw chocolate. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I met you and um, there was, was a one, was it raw at that time? Oh, yeah, Pete. Yeah, and uh, Linus was the third, I think, I met on that day yeah. from the Raw Chocolate Company. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. It's so good. I really like that aspect, you know, people sharing something. It was really early days and, you know, it was a nice kind of community feeling. Uh, I mean, obviously now I think everyone's still in touch as well, uh, which is great, but it's just not quite the same thing because it's not in its infancy anymore. Yeah. Well, back then with Raw Foods, I felt like I knew everyone <laughs> everyone in the world who was raw like it was such a small community you did feel like you knew everyone that was involved with it yeah absolutely yeah it was great to see the inspiration so did you start your business then in 2006 um, we started in 2007 um, so obviously shortly after my research. Um, and at that time, I was playing around with cacao nibs, uh, mostly. So grinding them down in a coffee grinder, mixing them with kind of seeds and quinoa to mostly make like kind of breakfast type things. And I found it was like rocket fuel cacao, raw cacao. Um, and I'd be supercharged for hours. <clears throat> so I was quite fascinated by this potent food that I discovered. Um, and really wanted to figure out, well, if, why is chocolate such a junk food when you've got this awesome potent food, this the raw material? It just didn't add up. So obviously, like others at that time, I figured out well, why, why is it like this and what can we do to make a powerful superfood chocolate? So uh, started with pots and pans and made some batches of some strange tasting concoctions with tons of superfoods in, and um, we just kind of started from there. I remember making a, I made a batch of, a really small batch of heart-shaped raw chocolate bars that I took to Budapest. Um, I think that was around 2006, 2007. 
And we had a little smoothie stand there. We were doing wheatgrass shots and superfood smoothies. And these little raw chocolate bars that I made just sold out really quickly. And I was like, okay, wow, that's great. Um, it got some good feedback too. Uh, so we kind of went from there, really. We just started to make slightly large batches, start selling them to health food shops in the local area that were willing to take a punt on this strange little thing we'd made. And um, off we went. My business partner, Jim, he, he had his own natural skincare company at the time in Norwich. And he's very sales orientated. So he, he really helped to get the product into various stores in the beginning. So it's been a big help. And it just really evolved over the years. You know, we started selling abroad. Moved out of my kitchen, thank goodness, um, into a dedicated factory. Uh, and you just keep growing the business. It's been 10 years of you know, tough work, there's no doubt. It's not been a breeze by any stretch. Um, but we're still going, which is great. We're still here and we're still growing. <laughs> so what was the first on-bar? Like, when did you make the first bar that was actually called on-bar and what was in it? Well, actually, we were making our chocolate bars for, I think it was a couple of years before we realized that we needed to have a brand name of some kind. Uh, so the, the, the name of the products was just like cashew and coconut, for example, was one of the ones we started with. And that was kind of like the brands. And then we figured out we needed the brands. We came up with Ombar. And yeah, we, we, we still had the same flavors. Uh, like cashew and coconut, goji berry, acai and blueberry. Um, I think that was it. That's all we had at that time. Uh, and then they started to adopt the, the brand name after a couple of years. Um, and since then, we've had, I, don't, I can't remember how many iterations of the brands and rebrands and refreshes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've got to where we are now with brands in a place that I'm really happy with. And we ain't changing this for like another five years at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's too expensive. <laughs> I don't want to get too technical with people, but um, when you started, what was your process? Were you actually grinding nibs and at that point, or were you just mixing? And Because, you know, I came to see the factory quite recently, wasn't it, and just had the mm. best day. I was just so, so high from <laughs> being in the factory <laughs> with you all day. And so impressed by, like, the level and the standard of machinery. But I'm interested in the kind of evolution of that. When you started, were you just, like, melting butter and stirring in powders? Or at what point did you start really getting involved in, like, how the the, the whole machinery of chocolate? Hmm, yeah. Well, that's an interesting one because, obviously, I had no idea how to make chocolate at all. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the whole world wasn't on the internet at that time, so a lot of it was down to experience. Um, so, yeah, we, I was fascinated by the nibs in the beginning, but when we actually started making chocolate with pots and pans, it was with cacao powder uh, and cacao butter, and the superfoods that we added were all in powder form as well. So we really started in the, the simplest possible way, um, and as we kind of... I suppose got a bit of a handle on it. Um, oh, by the way, we'll be using agave nectar, of course, mm. for sweetening at that time too, um, as many others were at that time. But well, that was the and, only sweetener available. So. 
<laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, it had a nice kind of like health kind of halo about it as well. Everyone was into it. Um, it kind of seemed good. So that's our sweetener. So it enabled us to pretty much just kind of blend it all together, pour it into a mold and stick it in a fridge. Um, that was that was our process. So not very technical at all. And uh, then. I can't remember what triggered it, but we, oh yeah, we decided we wanted to use coconut sugar as our sweetener. And the main driving force for that was that with agave nectar being a liquid sweetener, a syrup, it contained water. Mm. And we have to use a lot of fats to enable that to work in chocolate. Otherwise, it just it would just go into a big lump, basically. So we wanted to use a dry sweetener like coconut sugar so that we could reduce the fat and increase the dark stuff, which is, of course, where the health benefits are. So we bought ourselves a stone grinder from India. We imported it from India. Yeah. Uh, could do about 45 kilos or something in it. Seemed like a, a big deal at the time, absolutely. And we started to grind the coconut sugar. Um, and we had a mountain of problems. <laughs> That we when we started to do that, but we kind of got got the gist and uh, figured out the recipes. Um, and then having a grinder means that we could grind down cacao nibs and uh, stuff. And so we just kind of went from there. And we when we moved into a dedicated chocolate factory, we bought a new refining machine, a much bigger one, and we started to process from nibs. And processing from nibs, of course, is a much earlier stage than the cacao powder or the mass. So we could be more picky um, about where it came from, the quality and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Really get to understand that, the cacao. And a wonderful thing for me is to get back to using the nibs, like right in the beginning. Mm. So really happy about that. And we've not looked back since. Well, let's talk about that then, because when I was there, you were showing me all your different ingredients, and I know like sourcing the the best quality is really important to you. Do you want to tell us a bit about the lengths you go to to source, you know, what you can find as as the very top quality? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we delighted to. Um, we're really pleased with the kind of the setup that we have now. It doesn't mean that it's free from challenges, but it's better than it was. So for cacao, obviously the most important ingredient, we import that from Ecuador, and we have done for some years. But the difference is, is that for the last year, we've been working with our own dedicated representative in Ecuador, Paula, and she she's works exclusively for us, and her job is just to manage the cacao supply chain. Because it's really complicated. You've got thousands of farmers, a number of cooperatives, uh, and the quality needs to be managed, and the supply chain. She manages the whole thing right through to export. And so since working with Paola, our quality has gone right up, and our understanding has just improved enormously. So I'm so happy to have Paola on board, and uh, we, we hold on to her. <laughs> this is a really important part of the team. And actually this week, um, Paola's undertaking some special training um, with one of the world's top fermentation experts. Wow. With so she's going to become a top fermentation expert. And it's not just her, though. We've got this this expert is actually going to all of the cooperatives with Paula that we work with and training them as well. 
So there's all kinds of changes happening on the back of that. So the, the end result, hopefully, of all of this is that we can have really nice flavoured cacao, even better than what we have now. Mm. Let's just explain that if people don't know, because um, that's something I've, I've come to understand. I mean, we, you know, we had, as I said, this amazing day just talking about chocolate all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. And you know how much there is to learn about it, and it just like the the never-ending kind of complexities of getting the best quality, but that's something that that I've realised is really important to the end result of the cacao is that fermentation process because probably a lot of people don't even realise that you have to ferment the beans at the beginning. Mm, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's especially important if you're making raw chocolate because if you have cacao that's not been fermented that well, you can disguise a lot of that with roasting. Mm. Um, but if you're not roasting it, um, I'm not doing any special heat treatment, then all of that flavor of the cacao is going to come through in the chocolate. So for me, it's the most important thing in the flavor development of the cacao. Mm. So we've got to get that right. And it's a really tricky process, actually. Mm. Powell's been sending me the results of every day of this workshop. And uh, God, I had no idea how complicated it was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the raw thing. Again, this is something that we've discussed a few times. Can you tell us your position on raw and what is raw and how raw on bite is and how important that is to you? And Yeah, sure, sure. Well, right in the beginning, um, I was I was in a, having a raw food diet, like many people uh, at that time particularly, and I was, I was really into that and uh, I enjoyed that a lot. I'm not having on a raw food diet now. Um, I try to eat a lot of raw, and it's still. I, I love the, the raw thing in the sense that you know it's just access to so much good health if you have a raw food diet, and so it's it's certainly been an inspiration um, for getting started with this whole Ombar project. Um, so we set out to make raw chocolate. Um, the main reason for that is because when the cacao is unroasted in its raw state, you obviously have this it's so much more healthy, so much more of the natural goodness found in cacao. So the the raw is important in as far as it, it unlocks loads of health benefits. It's not um, we're not doing it. We're not trying to create a raw food bar because. The coconut sugar, for example, is not raw. They have to heat that in order to remove the, uh, the water activity inside the, the coconut syrup um, to make the granulated sugar. So, you know, not all of the ingredients in Ombar are raw, but the cacao is unroasted. It's still unroasted. And we try to process at low temperatures to really keep all of that goodness intact. Um, and that's that's entirely possible. I mean, Paula overlooks the process in Ecuador as well. Um, and as far as possible, we keep everything to the lowest possible temperatures. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's still a really important factor. Um, we don't often talk about specific temperatures because it doesn't always work out like that. Um, for example, fermentation. You know, there's some heat involved because of the enzymatic process that it goes through. There's no added heat, but the whole thing warms up as it ferments. Mm. And you need that, actually, to help with the fermentation process. Mm. 
So we can't control every little degree, and we're not monitoring that. But as far as possible, we keep the temperatures low. Um, and certainly, there's no step like the roasting process where it reaches those really high temperatures. We don't do that. So let's talk about um, all the different things that you do. You've got the bars and the centers and the buttons and the big bars. Do you want to run us through um, what your favorites and the best sellers are? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the range seems to be running away with itself at <laughs> all these different products and uh, just trying to manage that. Obviously, the more you have, the more difficult it is in production. Um, so we've got three ranges now, essentially. We've got the 35 gram size, the 70 gram size, uh, and the buttons. They're the three key ranges. And we make solid bars, solid chocolate, and we have bars with fillings now, the centers bars, uh, which are really tricky to make, by the way. <laughs> We're having some difficulties today with that. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's it for now. Uh, so I think it's a total of 15 products, I think, now. And uh, we've got a new flavor coming out soon in September, which is another bar with a filling, which is exciting for us. It's, uh, it's pistachio center. So that's going to be a lovely one. And we also have 100% coming out soon as well. So more products to add to the range. So which are your favorites and which are the best sellers? Right, okay. So the best seller that we have is cocoa milk. And, you know, I think no matter how how healthy we try to make the chocolate, people still love <laughs> sweet and creamy chocolate. And, uh, you know, that's okay. You know, that's great. Um, so cocoa milk is the best seller. And my personal favorite is Coconut 60, which actually is an evolution from our original first bar, which was a cash of coconut. And it's kind of evolved into this one called Coconut 60. And I love it because it's got some of the creaminess of the coconut, but also it's 60% it's got some complexity as well from a dark chocolate perspective. And so it's got, for me, a perfect balance of the two things. Tell us about the big bars. The big bars, so we've got three bars in that range. And uh, so there's 72%, the cocoa milk and the cocoa almonds. And possibly another one coming soon. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's all in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, these these three bars, they we've had them. They're quite new actually. For about I think we've had them since about ten months ago, and uh, we're starting to get those out into shops a lot more now. We're changing the packaging pretty soon, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's doing I good. See them. I, I see them. I see the shops quite a lot. Yeah, that's right. People have been asking us for ages to do like a bigger bar, yeah. and so here it is. <laughs> Yeah. We call it a sharing bar, but everyone tells us they just got a lot themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's nice to have, because, uh, what, are they 35, the small ones? The small ones are 35, That yeah. is definitely not sharing. No, no that's a single <laughs> portion, that's so true. it's nice to have a bar that you can break out, and you can be like, yeah, have a chunk to your friends, and then also... It's nice if I'm going to be like out all day, like if it's a long day, it's nice to just have the security. <laughs> the big bar, yeah. you're not going to run out. That's right. So you, you take the, the big bars out with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Which flavor? 
their almond one is the ah, one. Ah, almond ones, yeah, yeah, cool. I don't oh. know, I was saying to you before, I don't know what you've done to it, but there's something about it that's just, yeah, on another level. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> Good to hear. Before that, the 90%, I was really into the 90%. Because mm-hmm. that's like the effects of that are really much more pronounced, aren't they? Yeah, that's, I love that. You know, I want our on bars to be as kind of potent as possible, you know, and so they, they actually feel the stimulating benefits and all the other health benefits from cacao. Yeah, yeah, it's really stimulating that one. And then before that, my favourite was the green tea because it was lemony, so mm. it's not as sweet as the others. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that one, for example, is, is, you know, we try to use all the real ingredients. So we've got lemon powder, which is literally, um, I don't know, did I, did I show it to you when I was here? No. Uh, it's literally just lemons that have been dried, skin and all, and then they powder that, and uh, that's what goes in the bar. Mm. Mm. It's kind of refreshing and dingy, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we don't sell so much of that one, which is a shame because I think it, it tastes beautiful. Yeah, and because the matcha, it's like, is extra um, energizing, isn't it? So it's a good one if I'm like, I've got loads to do, and or I haven't had enough sleep, or jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then the buttons, we have to say, we put the buttons in our Magic Mix, which is one of our best-selling yeah. products. Fantastic. Um, and, um, yeah, I use them to decorate cakes a lot as well. They make really good um, toppings for raw cakes. That's the cocoa milk buttons, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, the factory that you've got now, that's a new thing for you, isn't it? I don't, don't expect you to go into lots of detail, but just tell us because you were really um, – uh, impressing me <laughs> with the figures you're coming out with. You make 30,000, you can make 30,000 bars a day, is that right? We could do, yeah, with the, the capabilities there to do that. Um, we're not doing that right now. Uh, we're doing a bit less than that. Um, but yeah, we, when we moved into this new factory about, um, about a year ago now, it was a lot of work, it was a big expansion, and uh, we took on a little bit of investment and uh, put ourselves in debt as well. And we, we, you know, we really made a beautiful chocolate factory um, that we're really proud of. And on the back of that, we got some amazing machinery as well that enables us to make uh, the highest quality product that we can possibly do. Uh, and more of it, of course, as well. So, uh, yeah, we've got some nice, nice molding lines and uh, refining machines and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. We're ready to go. That, that um, packing machine, that was really fast, wasn't it? How many bars does that do? Yeah, so uh, that's that's a nice old uh, wrapping machine we've got there. It does 100 bars in a minute. Wow. Yeah, so just just a bit less than uh, two seconds. But, uh, yeah, and on the way to it. When humans are doing it, how many could they pack in a minute? <laughs> well, we used to have, when we was in my kitchen or in my house uh, making it, we used to have a, a team of uh, mostly Spanish girls actually sitting around the table wrapping the bars by hand, which was lovely, um, but it was much, much slower than the machine. <laughs> so it would take them, I timed it, a total of about a minute 
um, per bar, bar yeah. feel, and a paper wrapper, yeah. which, don't get me wrong, is faster than I could do, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, a minute per bar compared to two a second, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a big step forward. And how many countries are you in now? Uh, we're in, um, it's about 20 countries wow. in total. Yeah. And, What's your uh, bestseller outside of England? What's your best-selling countries? It's uh, Germany is next um, after the UK, um, followed by France. Um, so yeah, these are these are wonderful markets where there's tons of interest, growing interest in healthier snacking, just like over here. Um, huge growth in vegan um, diet as well, and and everything else related to health. So it's 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 amazing right now the developments that are happening. Yeah. You must get so blown away when you look back to where you started and and now like being in all the supermarkets and yeah it's it's incredible really um it's it's kind of happening a little bit um well I, I guess I didn't expect it to happen in some ways um like if you look at the major supermarkets the, the what they're doing now in terms of the reshuffling they're doing with their product ranges and aisles and everything, categories, they're really, all of them are shaking it all up. Um, even, you know, the likes of Asda, for example, where you wouldn't necessarily expect to see some of these things. There might be more about price than about, you know, cutting-edge products. All of the supermarkets, you know, they're all changing, all adapting to these changing market and people's desire to have healthier stuff. Are you stopped in Asda now? Well, we are actually, but then um, we didn't know um, because <laughs> it's going through a wholesaler. So we learned about it about six months later. Wow. Um, so yeah, we Ombar is an Asda. Wow, amazing! That's really good yeah. to know. I uh, went, my son works in the co-op, and we went in the co-op yesterday. But and I looked, we <laughs> didn't see Ombar in the co-op. <laughs> no, Ombar's not in the co-op. I mean, because we're we're still very much like. All of our focus is still on the health food channel. You know, that's yeah. where we started, and that's we want to sustain that and look after that and grow it as well. There's still more potential for growth there. Um, and at the same time, there's interest from much more mainstream uh, channel, and um, we don't actually currently have a plan for that. <laughs> you know, so we're thinking, okay, this is kind of happening a bit before we thought about um, taking it more mainstream. So we're, you know, we're still figuring out the best moves forwards. That's what I was going to ask you though, when you started back in your kitchen, did you foresee this? Did you hope that it would get to this stage? Oh yeah, well, I thought it was going to happen after about a year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to be like uh, conquering the world in like six months. So uh, I had no idea it was going to be a long slog over ten years to get to this point. <laughs> so, I mean... I had no idea what was involved, of course, in this journey, and uh, we're still learning as we go along. I've, I've got no idea what's around the corner. Uh, so I, I guess I didn't have a tangible, clear vision for it, but uh, we just knew we wanted just to really take it out there, whatever that means. And what's your biggest motivating factor when you're having a stressful time and you're exhausted and... It's not going all to plan. Like, what's the thing that really that really keeps you going with it, or what keeps you stick stuck in with the business? Well, yeah, good question. I mean, there's been times. There's definitely been times when uh, I've uh, 
thought about things and uh, wondered whether it was worth all of the hassle and stress. Um, I, I love, you know, when, when things are going well, you know, and we're really proud of the products, it tastes, it like, tastes like the best thing we've ever tried, isn't it? And what's happening in Ecuador is really positive. I think those, those times then see you through the heavier, more difficult times. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just building up enough, enough of the good stuff in order to see you through the bad stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if it's one specific thing. But I mean, well, another thing I've got to say is that the feedback we get is incredible. Yeah. You know? It makes a huge difference. Um, some of the emails we've got or the people that we need to show us, they're, they're so, so happy to have discovered Onbar and they absolutely love it. It's actually made a difference in their lives, which you know, I'm blown away by. Yeah. So, you know, that too, that, that kind of thing really helps. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Richard. You're very welcome. Thank you very much, Kate. I know we don't need to tell people where to buy a <laughs> Obviously, they can go to a living and then, yeah, they're really easy to find now, which makes me so happy. Maybe I should just share the little story to end. I spend a lot of time in East London mm. and coming out of nightclubs in the early hours of the morning and all those um, like 24-hour Turkish stores have Omba in, so I get so, so excited <laughs> when I'm coming out of a party and there's like stuff that I can actually want to buy in the shop. So, yeah, it's... it's Changing times. It's fantastic, it is. isn't it? It really is, yeah. Right. Great. That's good news. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thanks, Kate.